Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Let's get ready to rumble! Information jam-packed show today. Peloton of 5%. What's up, Discipline Investor? We got Benzinga CEO Jason Raznick here with us. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative companies. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingley is the CEO of Aperna. The best trade idea resource out there. Boom. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. We made it. It's a rainy day. We're in a day here in the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, curious where else it's raining at. I heard this is like a, a big storm that's rolling through. But what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. You are on the Power Hour. This is the Stock Idea Show. The whole reason we do this is that we want there to be no better place for us all to get ideas flowing, talk some stock ideas, talk some trades. So, guys, drop the tickers in the chat. You know that I'm going to be asking you to. Let's hit it. We, we, we have, we've got a hot show today. We have, we, have, we have the strongest man in finance, Jonah Lupton. He's going to be joining us once again. We're going to specifically talk a little bit of Celsius. Um, he, he's got a handful of other tickers that I'm just going to tease right now and, and not give away yet. We'll, we'll, we'll let Jonah do that. Uh, we, we made our options trades last week on both Tesla and Ford. So, so we're going to take a look at the live brokerage account, dig into those. And guys, drop your tickers in the chat. We will have some time to hit them. But but without further ado, I just want to jump to it. The, the man of the hour. Let, let, let's bring him on. All right. All right, sir. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. You see, I've got my tower in front of me. We're going to talk some Celsius. You know, back, backstage, you, you said that the B1s had to go so, so we can clear the tower off, you know, there. All right, we got that out of there. We, we just have one clean drink in hand now. Cheers. There we go. Wh- which one do you have? Uh, Fuji Pear. Okay. I don't know if I had that one yet. I have orange. These are, I think is okay. These are my two favorite, orange and pear. Uh, strawberry guava or guava kiwi. I mean, there's there's six or seven that I kind of rotate through. But there's All right, what, what about watermelon? That see, watermelon's my favorite. Yeah, I would say watermelon is probably top three or four as well. That's really good. Okay. All right. Um. So 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 let, let's talk about Celsius, guys. Those are the drinks that that we have in our hands. The ticker symbol ticker C E L H. Charlie Echo Lima Hotel. Somebody in the chat, type that symbol in to, to help your your fellow chatters out. I'm actually um, buying. I'm actually buying some Celsius right now. Let's go. First air horn of the day. Let's fire it up on this Friday. So all right. You want to start with Celsius when we give my bull case? Yeah, let, let's hear it. And and I'll give you some context on the show yesterday um, because I've been seeing Celsius everywhere. I was in Florida a couple weeks ago. Everybody had it. Uh, I've like become recently hooked. I'm doing that three for five dollars at Seven Eleven every morning. Yep. Um, and and so so we did some of the quick valuation. You know, we, we, we got to, to basically an EV to EBITDA of about 22 um, ba- based on the most recent quarter. Compare that to 10 versus Monster. And that's where we're like, all right, we, we, need, we need to get Jonah on here and, yeah. and take us through the stock. Okay. So if you're going to use valuation on Celsius, you can't really look at the analyst numbers because they're just way too low still. And I'll explain why. Um, I mean, Monster is probably the only 
only true comp you can use because Red Bull's a private company, Bang is a private company, Monster's been around for 20 plus years. Uh, yes, it's only trading at eight times sales, but it's also only growing at 15 or 16 percent year over year. They're just a very mature company. Yep. Um, Celsius is much different. Celsius is kind of the new kid on the block. They're doing a phenomenal job right now with distribution. So what happened in the industry is, you know, Bang took off a few years ago. Bang locked in all of the Anheuser-Busch DSD partners and DSD stands for direct store delivery. Okay. Rockstar, which was kind of like this decaying brand that tastes like garbage, yep. uh, they had an exclusive distribution agreement with Pepsi. So the only, so Pepsi could not distribute for any other energy drinks unless they went out and bought Rockstar. So a couple of years ago, they actually paid like $4 billion to buy this decaying brand called Rockstar just so that they could start to distribute Bang. So once that happened, Bang said adios to all of their Anheuser-Busch DSD partners. So all of those partners came to Celsius, and now they're distributing for Celsius. So the same DSD partners that helped grow Bang from zero to a billion in revenues in three years are now the partners that Celsius is working with. So right now it's about 180 of these DSD partners. That's end of Q1. I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to 200 now. Uh, 92,000 stores in the U.S., which is why you see it in Walmart, in Costco, in Target. I mean, Costco is literally selling this stuff by the pallets. I mean, they can't even keep it in stock. They're selling cases and cases by the pallets. But then, you know, the like over 50% of all energy drink sales actually happen in gas stations and convenience stores. That's so, me. Yep. That's, the, that's the grab and go spot. So that's been the most recent focus for Celsius and why these DSD partners are so important. Um, now, in terms of the numbers, so right now, Celsius, uh, the analysts are forecasting 53 million in Q2 earnings or Q2 revenues. And so, so, that, so they're not really building in any growth quarter over quarter. No, and I'll tell you why it's a joke. Okay. So last year, Q2, the company had 30 million. Uh, this year, the analysts are at 53 million. When Celsius reported Q1 numbers, they reported year over year U.S. sales of about 101 percent, which was exactly what the Nielsen scan data showed. Year over year sales, that same Nielsen scan data is showing 200 percent year over year sales for Q2. So the analysts are looking right now between U.S. and international, and U.S. is like 85% of the full number. The analysts are looking for 77% year over year, except the Nielsen scan data is 200%. So either the Nielsen scan data is wrong, which I don't believe, or the analysts are just way, way too low on their estimates because they're just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to bash analysts right now, but I think they've missed this one a lot over the last year. Um, so, you know, it's just... So that's, that's what I'm focused on, the Nielsen scan data. So April and May was 200%. I wouldn't be surprised if June was even higher. Um, you know, as we get into the warmer months, as more stores come online, as more DSD partners start fulfilling, you know, the stores in their territories, uh, plus you still have e-commerce and you have all the gyms opening. And then Celsius is also bringing on more influencers, athletes, race car drivers, UFC fighters, that sort of thing. I see Celsius now popping up 
all over Instagram, you know, with like different influencers promoting the product. So they're doing, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing exactly what they should. They're basically doing exactly what Bang did three years ago to go from a zero to a billion. So I'm pretty pumped. I mean, this is still, in terms of revenues, this is still a small company. I think they have a shot at getting to like 280 to 300 million this year, which would wow. be about, which would be about 120% or 130% year over year growth, which is definitely not priced into the stock. Actually, let, let, me, let me double check. Um, so I have them doing 290 this year, right, which would be 123% year over year. And the analysts are at, um, oh, what are they, full year? Uh, let's see. Give me two seconds. I just want to make sure I get the numbers right. And, and uh, while you're pulling that up. Uh, and, so, so analysts are at 224, which would be 72% year over year growth. So, I mean, even if we split the difference, right, between my 125, 130 and the analysts at 72, let's just say they end up doing 100% year over year, you know, Monster's growing at 15 or 16%, you know, trading at eight times sales. If Celsius is growing, six, seven, eight times faster. I mean, what kind of a multiple do you put on that? You know, certainly a lot more than eight. Yep. And and so so when, when you're looking at, at a stock like a Celsius, it sounds like you're actually forecasting out revenues. Is, yeah. is, is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. you're definitely, definitely early on this one, guys. See, up on the screen right now, we're looking at, at a one-year chart, daily candles. Um, so, so, so you just took us through the bull case, basically in the context of, you know, the company just continue to succeed with what it's currently doing. What, what about like future product development, other segments, other geographies? Because, because I would imagine that that's a tailwind as well. Yeah, they do have other products. They have, you know, so this is the, the kind of the traditional original can, uh, 12 ounces, 200 milligrams of caffeine. They have the larger can, which is 16 ounces, 300 milligrams of caffeine, which is what you get in a bang. So that's kind of like the, you know, the closer comp to, to bang. And then they have powdered products, you know, for people that are on the go. Uh, they just rolled out protein bars. Okay. So now what they're not doing yet is they're not attaching the Celsius name to it. So they acquired a company a couple of years ago out of Europe. And that's kind of where the protein bars came from. Uh, but then they, they reformulated, you know, basically, and I've tried the bars. There's two flavors right now. There's, uh, I think it's salted peanut caramel and then white chocolate cookies and cream. The white chocolate cookies and cream is probably the best protein bar I've ever had. And I'm not even, I'm not like kidding. I really mean it. Um, but right now you can only buy them on Amazon. I think it's $24 for 12, which is, you know, which is fair. But, you know, so they are, they are going to start broadening out the product portfolio. You know, they told me that they don't want to put the Celsius name onto the protein bars yet, because if they ever built the protein bar business into like, let's say a hundred million dollar revenue company, and they wanted to sell it off to another conglomerate, you know, if the Celsius name was attached to those bars, you know, you might have fewer, fewer buyers, right? Because so they're, they're trying to keep, they're trying to keep the Celsius energy drink name separate from the fast protein bars, which I sort of get. I mean, if they did attach the Celsius name to it, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I, I understand why they're not doing it. Um, so I, you know, right now Celsius is my fourth largest holding. Um, you know, I've been in this stock since last summer when it was in the mid teens, obviously it's had wow. a big run, but you know, the fundamentals right now support the, the recent stock performance. 
The stock sold off a couple weeks ago when they announced a secondary offering. So they raised, you know, ballpark like $62 million. Okay, that, so that was another question that I had. And so now the offering is off the table. We don't need to worry oh, about yeah, cash. Yeah. Offerings, yeah, offerings yeah. in the rear view mirror. Do you, do you have, how long do, do you think that cash will last for? Is that well, buy us a year? I mean, I've talked to the company, and that, that money was used is, is going to be used to build inventory. Okay. I mean, de demand is so out of control right now. They have so many stores and so many DSD partners. The last thing they want to do is run out of cans or product. So that 62 million bucks is not, you know, the company's already profitable. So that 62 million is not getting, you know, flushed down the toilet or lit on fire. It's going into inventory. Okay. All so, right. So, so there's the move there. Yeah. I, uh, again, as a consumer of a lot of energy drinks, okay, I've got like 19 tell, on my man, desk right here. <laughs> we even have an adrenaline shock, which I think those sort of suck. But, but as somebody who knows the energy drink market, I, I've been hooked. And, and again, it was a few weeks ago when I was in Miami, which which like converted me, where I'm like, holy shit, everybody is walking around with a can of Celsius. They're huge in Florida because they're based in Boca Raton. Okay. So that's like their home state. So they are everywhere in Florida. Everywhere. I mean, it was insane. And, and that's what, what renewed my interest in the stock. Um, so, so I appreciate you taking us through the case. Just to recap, guys, yep. uh, you know, the, the, the next catalyst, it sounds like, that we have on the horizon is we have this upcoming quarterly report. Let's get an yep. estimated date for that really quick. So probably It's, it's going to be probably early August is when we'll get Q2 earnings. Yeah, that's um, what we, we have an estimated date in Benzinga Pro of August okay. 5th. So, all right. So, so, so that, that, that's the move. I'm a believer. You, you said you were just adding to the, to the position yeah. today. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was... I mean, I, I really increased my position the day after they did the stock offering. I also bought some call options. I sold the call options up probably 50%. So now I'm just holding the stock. But I mean, I think if they do what I think they can do in Q2 uh, and then see, they don't provide guidance. That's why I have to try to do all these projections myself, uh, which is fine because if I do a better job at, at projecting revenues and earnings and the analysts do, you know, that's where you obviously can, um, you know, that's the opportunity for retail investors. So I'm fine with companies not providing guidance as long as, as long as there's stuff like Nielsen scan data to look at, to help give me some guidance. Wait, you know, what, what is the Nielsen scan data? Um, so they, they track, they track barcode scans. Got it. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's okay. So, so, okay. So, so, so we have 200% growth in barcode scans for the first, for the first 10 weeks of Q2, the Nielsen barcode scan data year over year is up 200%. Okay. Yeah. And, and then the analysts are only building in, I think you said, what, 85% revenue uh, growth, something uh, like that? Analysts are looking for, um, I mean, this is, this is blended between U.S. and international, but they're looking for 78% year over year which is which would be 53 and a half million so okay. we'll see all you right know, we'll find out august 8th or whenever the early august if if i'm right or the analysts are right but i'm i'm betting on myself on this one all right T today's the day i'm gonna get into this one today i've been on the sidelines i read the full investor deck last night downloaded <laughs> they have a really nice package you can download and, and get all the files so all right jonah we're <laughs> 
much you like the product. I mean, think about how many I love the product. Over, Every over morning, five. it wastes 10 minutes of my day. I have to go to 7-Eleven and get that three for five. You would think, why don't you just buy two days worth at once? I, d I don't, okay? And think yeah. about how many people watch you drinking Celsius or hear you talking about it. I mean, these are the types of companies you want to own. I mean, if you're you're kind of a spokesperson for Celsius now, so you should own the stock. All right. Well, they still won't respond to my tweets, but well, that's phase two. Okay. Phase two. All right, Jonah, uh, you, you, you have some other symbols that are on your radar. I don't know how long you can hang out for. We just but. spent a lot of time talking about that one. So I doubt we're going to squeeze in all of the others, but, um, where let's see, let's start, let's do germ tech. Um, I just tweeted about germ tech right before we started. KMT. Is that right? No, uh, D -M -M -T -K. All right. Right letters, wrong order. All right, there, there, there's the chart up, guys. One year daily candles, um, uh, and, and this is the company that that's making the patch for a skin test, correct? Correct. Yep. Non-invasive okay. genomics-based skin test or skin patch, uh, which they call the sticker. So, as many people might know, skin cancer is the most common form of cancer. There's three main types of skin cancer. There's melanoma, uh, basal, squamous. What these patches do, which are called their PLA patches, are, you know, it's a way for a dermatologist to grab some skin cells, you know, off of your body without having to use the scalpel to do a biopsy. And then they can send those patches back to Dermtech's processing lab to determine if there's anything suspicious or to be worried about, you know, in your skin, in your DNA. Um, now, that's their first product. And it's been going very well, and I expect it to continue doing very well, especially after the pandemic. So if you think about a company, you know, hiring sales reps, trying to get out and educate the dermatologists around the country in the middle of a pandemic, that's not so easy to do. So yeah. now that they have this, you know, large sales force that can go out and finally start talking to these dermatologists face to face, I think we're going to see even more uh, dermatologists coming on, you know, which is one of the data points that they talk about in their Q in their quarterly earnings, how many so, new dermatologists have they onboarded? So, so they do have a commercial product right now. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. Correct. Commercial but, but product. It's so I'm um, looking at sales right now and they look really small. Well, yeah, because is that this, right. Yeah. I mean, cause this is a new company that's just starting to scale up a new product going after dermatologists. You know, there's a sales cycle there. Um, but I mean, they've gotten through a lot of really important milestones. They got, um, they got, sort of the approval from NCCN, which is the National Comprehensive Cancer Network, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, cover it, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and then we're expecting some more insurance announcements from, you know, Cigna perhaps, United Health. So there's a bunch of insurance companies out there that are probably looking at this because they understand that every year there's 4 million biopsies, basically, you know, cutting into someone's skin and 90% of them come back negative. So that's, you know, over three and a half million biopsies that are done unnecessarily because right now all the dermatologists can do is use their eyes. So like, why aren't we using something better than a dermatologist eyesight to determine if a mole is suspicious and therefore needs to be cut out? So, you know, and, I, and will this be re revenue generating for the de dermatologists as well? Yeah. Oh, in yeah. that they can charge $50 for this test and they only have to pay 15 for it. I don't know how, yeah. how exactly that world yeah. works. Yeah, there's plenty of money to go around. I mean, 
Derm tech, you know, even though we all think that derm dermatologists should do what's best for the patient, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a financial decision. Oh, yeah. So, These yeah, hospital I mean, systems are serious, serious businesses. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, once insurance gets involved, um, it, you know, becomes a no brainer for the, the dermatologists. And, you know, as long as the patient doesn't have to, uh, you know, pay for the whole thing out of pocket, you know, it's a, it's a win, win, win. But there's a couple more products coming up on the horizon, which are some of the catalysts that I talk about, one of which is Luminate, which is going to be there. We're not sure if it's going to go through the dermatologist or DTC, but this is going to be for individuals to finally be able to analyze their skin and determine if there are any indicators in their skin that might make them more likely to develop wow. skin cancer at some point in the future. So, I mean, the whole idea is to try to catch skin cancer as, as early as possible so it can be treated rather than letting it develop into stage three, stage four, where sometimes, you know, you're, you're past the point of, of no return. So, because melanoma is the most, the most deadly, and then you have basal and squamous, and Dermtech uh, Derm is, is releasing their next patch next year, early 22, which will address those other two forms of skin cancer, squamous and basal. So, you know, they're trying to build an entire skin genomics platform where they launch products, but then they're also partnering with companies like Johnson and Johnson and L'Oreal and a bunch of university labs to develop other types of non-invasive patches for psoriasis and other types of skin problems. And then they're going to, you know, they're probably going to sell this data to the pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies that they can develop drugs to better treat these diseases. So, I mean, this is, there is a very bright future ahead for this company. It's still very, very early. Like you said, the company did 6 million in revenue last year's. So if you're looking at the company right now on a price to sales multiple based on trailing 12, you know, yeah, trailing you 12 month it. revenues, it looks ridiculously expensive. Yeah. But if you're able to forecast out where revenues might go in two years, three years, once all of these products are, are out there and approved by insurance companies, you know, I think Dermtech could do 800 million in revenue by 2026. So okay. 2026, they get to 800 million in revenue. This is probably a 15 or 16 billion dollar company, which makes this a 15 bagger over the next five years. That is, that's what I think the potential upside is here. Obviously, there's stuff that can go wrong. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Like it's not going to be straight up. Nothing ever is. But you know, if you're interested in this space and you see the value of these non-invasive patches, uh, this is the kind of company you want to own. And all you have to do is look at exact sciences uh, over the last five years. That's, that ticker symbol is oh, yeah. AS. That's been a rocket ship. That thing's up 20x over the last five years. Yeah, look at five years. There's, there's your five-year chart. Monthly so, candles. Yep. Monthly. Uh, uh, all right, weekly, maybe is weekly. That, is that five years? This yeah. is five years. Uh, they're weekly, weekly, okay. weekly. Candles. Right. So I, I think five or six years ago, this stock, you could buy the stock somewhere in the high single digits, low double digits. And then yeah, yeah. So, so the start of this chart is 12 bucks. You okay. know what I mean, it's, it's been a monster. And then it got up to like 160, 180, I think, uh, you know, back earlier this year. So, so, so let me ask you two, two questions about Dermtech. The one that I always look at uh, cash, how, how is their cash position or, or do we do we have secondary risk? Nope. Uh, and then two, has the company given us guidance on on any sort of uh, on either either sales 
or the dermatologist KPI that you mentioned the, nope. the, to getting this product in the hands? No, they don't because, you know, like I said, they're coming out of the pandemic. So they really, they really didn't want to provide guidance just because they wanted to see what, what things look like post pandemic. Uh, you know, when they reported earnings last, you know, we were still in the middle of the vaccine rollout. Uh, and obviously it was going well, but I mean, even when I go to my dentist still, I have to wait outside, you know, text them and then they come out and get me. So, you know, things are opening, but in the medical space, not opening maybe as quickly as some of these companies would probably like. Uh, plenty of cash on hand. You know, this was a SPAC from a couple years ago. Uh, so they had the cash from the SPAC and then they also raised capital uh, back in, I think, February or March, they raised a couple hundred million dollars. So I believe they're still sitting on about 300 million in cash right now. Oh, that's a ton. And then, and then one more question on this one, uh, uh, sales, their sales team, uh, ha have they already hired and started scaling up the sales force to, oh, yeah. to go and sell to doctors or is it in process? Yep. When I talked, so I, I interviewed the CEO, John Doback back in, I think it was March after they okay. reported Q1 numbers. And he says that they really, you know, over the, the, Late, late 2020 to early 2021, they really beefed up their sales team in anticipation of the post-pandemic reopening. Um, so someone messaged me the other day and said, are you nervous that they don't, they're not, you know, they don't have any sales openings right now? And I said, no, because they already did all of their hiring at the end of last year, wanted to get all of these people trained up and ready to go. So once we get the reopen, which we're obviously getting now, the sales team can hit the ground running. So um, I forget he mentioned the exact number of how many sales reps they had. I want to say 50 or 60, you know, countrywide. Uh, obviously, they're going after the largest dermatology centers and oncology centers. You know, that like, you know, the, the little guy that, you know, has a tiny dermatology shop in, you know, the middle of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, they're probably not targeting that guy. But there are some very large dermatology centers in the country. Um, you know, they have the, the potential to generate some significant business. So it's exciting, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I, I missed out on exact sciences. So now I kind of feel like I'm getting a, like a, a fresh second here. shot at it. Yep, exactly. All right. And that's the thing, like exact sciences is one of those companies that, you know, it has some vicious pullbacks along the way, you know, same with NVIDIA and these other high growth companies. So I expect Dermtech to be the same way. I expect some vicious 20, 30% pullbacks along the way. And that's when you just add to your position if you still have conviction. All right. And Jonah, we're, we're, we're going to have to move on in, in a couple of minutes here, but I know you had a few other symbols. Um, UPST, could you just tell us a, like briefly about that business? Yep. So Upstart uh, came public in December. Phenomenal team out of Google. Um, what they're doing is they created AI models for underwriting, you know, for, for lending. And instead of becoming a bank right. themselves, they partner with banks. So they are essentially licensing their AI models out to their bank partners so that those bank partners can underwrite more loans and uh, reduce the default rate. Because at the end of the day, that's what banks are in the business to do, right? They want to take your cash as deposits, pay you 0% in interest, and then they want to lend out your money in personal loans, auto loans, commercial real estate loans, mortgages, et cetera, and then that's how they make money. So right now, bank balance sheets are as strong as they've ever been yeah. historically. There is trillions and trillions of dollars sitting on bank balance sheets. There's so much money out there. It's insane. I bought a house with a margin loan for my brokerage. Well, let's do that story a different day. 
haven't talked about that one on the show but yet, but there's so, so much money out there. So Upstart's been working on their AI models for eight years. There are, over the last eight years, there's been almost a million loans that have been approved through their platform, through their, their models. Altogether, it's 15 billion data points that they are using and 1,600 variables so that their AI keeps getting smarter and smarter and smarter. And every time someone gets approved or denied for a loan, that AI model just keeps getting smarter and smarter and smarter versus FICO score, which is like eight or nine or 10 variables. I mean, it's like not even in the same ballpark. Now, if you have, if you, if you have a lot of income, a lot of cash in the bank, perfect credit, then Upstart is irrelevant to you because you don't have a problem getting a personal loan or an auto loan or anything else. Yeah. But there are tens of millions of people that are, you know, either in that low credit or no credit. Um, and that's where you need these other variables to help determine the credit worthiness of this person. Now, people have been trying to take shots at Upstart saying, oh, these banks don't hold the loans. Like, welcome to the world of finance. Most banks <laughs> don't hold their loans. They sell them off to institutions, to hedge funds, to credit funds, et cetera. So Upstart keeps about two or 3% of the loans on their books so that they have more data coming in and they can run tests on those loans. Um, their bank partners sell about, keep about 25% on their books. And then altogether about 75% of the loans get sold off to a hundred different institutional partners. So there are trillions of dollars sitting in these credit funds, mutual funds, endowments, pensions, hedge funds, everything. And they love these, these loans uh, that have been approved, that have been approved by AI because there is better risk parameters or risk controls yeah. in place. Because these bank partners have the ability to set whatever standards they want for, for risk and credit and all these other variables. So the institutional loan partners probably understand the value of AI and they can, they can feel better that they are buying loans with a lower default rate, which makes those loans more valuable. So, And and, and coming from the perspective of somebody who's in the space, I totally get the product. It makes a ton of sense. Do, do, you, have a, you, do you have a revenue growth rate handy? Yeah. I mean, so the company already raised guidance this year. So they raised guidance um, when they were, I'm just trying to think. So when they came out, here, I, I got it for you. Yeah. So they've raised guidance already to 600 million for the year, which is 158% year over year growth. They have 84% gross margins. They have 48% contribution margins, 11% net income margins. And if, if they raised guidance after Q1 to 600 million for the year, my guess is they have a little extra fuel in the tank. And that's yeah. probably not the last increase we get on guidance this year. So I would not be surprised to see them raise guidance again after they report Q2 numbers to maybe 650, 675, which would be 180 Amazing. to 190% year over year. So I get that. Yeah, some guys, check, check this out. I, I just pulled up pulled up the guidance calendar in our Benzinga Pro. So they guided 500 million of sales on March 17th. Less than two months later, they, they uh, on May 11th, they raised that guidance up to 600 million of sales. I mean, that's crazy. So they have so they have all of these bank partners. It's somewhere like 20 bank partners. And then they also just did a deal with a large credit union, kind of like a credit union association, which is going to give them access to thousands of credit unions. And I think credit unions in the U.S. account for one point five trillion dollars of of assets, deposits. 
And then they just did a deal with a fintech company um, to help banks, you know, onboard this technology, access these models uh, quicker, you know, implement this AI, these AI models faster into their underwriting process. So, I mean, once again, this is early, early days for Upstart. They've been doing personal loans for the last eight years. They just got into auto loans. I have and, to... And that eight years ago, is that when the business got started? Yeah. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Eight or nine years ago is when the business got started. They did a quick pivot from person-to-person lending into developing AI models and then licensing it out to banks. But now that they have these models really, really, you know, tuned up, uh, they're going after auto loans. And then I suspect next is going to be mortgages and then probably small business loans and uh, you know, the credit markets are absolutely enormous. And if people don't love what Upstart does, if you don't believe in AI, just look at the fundamentals. I mean, just look at the revenue growth and the margins. It is very, very impressive. So this is another stock. I mean, this is a $10 billion company right now. Not even a market caps. What I can see on your screen. I, about I see 8.3. 8. Yep. I mean, honestly, this could be a 40, 50, $60 billion company in a few years. Awesome. All right, Jonah, what, what, one last question for you. And then, then Zinger Nation, we're going to throw out and, and see which, which one we like the most. But, but how's the gym been? You're looking big. You're looking good. Strongest man in finance. I'm going for number two. Okay, I'm going to be the second strongest. But, but yeah, okay. how's the gym I'll help been? you get there. We're doing um, – so I'm, I'm doing a FinTwit event in Miami in October. So we're going to the, the law – I think it's the Fontaine Blue Hotel in Miami. Oh, Beach. yeah. And we're going to have, I mean, I already have 250 people signed up. We'll probably have 300, 400, 500 people in total down there for the weekend. Three days in Miami Beach. We're going to have some speakers. We're going to have some breakout sessions, pool parties, beer pong tournament. And then we'll get a couple gym sessions in too. So. Okay. I, I, I don't know if it's like an open invite. Anybody can go, but yeah, I, I want to get on that list. Okay. I'm going right. to, we're, we're going to be building a website over the weekend and then putting up tickets. I mean, we're just going to sell tickets for like a hundred bucks just so that we can have a head count. And then all of that money is going right into food, beverage, um, any other, any other things that we plan. I'm not making a dollar off of it. I'll probably end up throwing money in myself as a sponsor or something else. So it's going to be fun. I mean, I just think a lot of people on FinTwit, you know, we've been talking to each other for the last year. None of us have ever met in person. So this is going to be our first shot to finally put some faces to names. Yeah, and guys, if, if you don't follow Jonah on Twitter, you have to. I mean, he's one of the guys, one of the few guys who's, who's out here, like, like for the community, right? Like, like I can't think – I don't think you do – I mean, I, I could be wrong. But I don't think you do anything, right, like like with your socials that's like, like a, you know, a, a way for you to make income. It's like you run your competitions. You're putting this event together. I mean, you do so much for the community, for education. You put all your positions out there. I mean, it's, it's seriously awesome what you do, and we appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I make a few bucks. I have a Substack newsletter that is $10 a month, but there's also a free version of it. And then I have a stock Twits room, but that's only $10 a month. Yeah, I could probably awesome. charge 50 or $100 a month like most other guys do. I charge 10 you know, just so that it's worth my time, but that so everyone can afford it. And that's where I post all of my trades, my portfolio, my options. Like I bought, I bought some Transmedics options yesterday. Those are up 100% today. So awesome. Boom. All right. One more air horn. For Jonah. <laughs> Appreciate you coming through as always, man. Dropping the ideas. I'm the believer in Celsius. It took me a few months to get there, but, but I'm there. I'm going to hit the stock today. So man, and I, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out.
You got it, man. Anytime. Talk to you soon. All See right, you talk soon. All right. All right, guys. How was that? Boom. The man, the strongest man in finance, Jonah Lupton on the Power Hour. He, he just took us very deeply through three trades. Um, so so, so we, we got ticker CELH, Celsius. Uh, we got Dermtech. Uh, what is that? DMTK. Um, and, and we got Upstart, UPST. I'm going to throw this one out to Zinger Nation. First question of the day. Drop your favorite ticker in the chat of that group. All right. I want to see where everybody's at. Well, those votes are going in. You know we keep it flying on the show. This is the Trade Idea Show. Uh, so, so I'm just going to go ahead and bring our next guest in here. All right. How, how does that sound? But again, I, I want to see your tickers. Mine is Celsius, and, and a bit, but I like that, that UPST too. We, we might have to hit that one well. UPST, we're going to dig deep on that next week, guys. So, so hit subscribe on the channel, like the stream, share the stream, and let's keep the idea flow rolling. All right, all right, Jim. We're coming Hot to stocks, Luke. Let's go, baby. How you doing on this Friday? I'm doing awesome, my man. How are you? I'm a all huge right, fan. All right, you got of, it fired up. I'm I'm. You know what? Jonah uh, Lupton got me really excited because we actually, uh, as the group, we follow him uh, on Twitter, and so a lot of the ideas that he's talked about before are really awesome, especially on Derm Tech. Um, I actually just saw that tweet that he was talking on DMTK before. Uh, and so watching him talk about that was super, super interesting. Yeah. Uh, producer well, in the background saw DMT and then, you know, he's been gone all day. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, how are you doing, man? How's your day going? Good, man. I mean, it's a little rainy, you know, Is it's it? like bright and sunny, you know, all week weekend hits. It's just going to rain all weekend in Detroit. So I guess it'll, it'll keep me focused on the stock research, but what's up in your world? Uh, you know, not much. Talk about rain. It just rained in Salt Lake City here for the first time in like four or five months. So it's good to get a little wow. bit of rain down here. So I've yeah, never man, been, been to Salt Lake City. What's like the thing to do there? Or like, what? yeah, what? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, if you come during the summertime and you've got hiking, you've got golfing, you've got a lot of outdoor activities to do. And then during the wintertime, um, you know, sometimes if I don't have a lot of positions open during the week, I try to sneak out to Park City and, hit, you know, hit some snowboard uh, snowboarding during the day. And so... There's a lot to do out here. I tell people it's like Colorado, but, you know, better. <laughs> All right. So, so, so I've always been too scared to snowboard. Never tried it. Okay. It freaks me out a little bit. But maybe I'll have to make a trip out and, and you can show me the ropes. Absolutely. Anytime, my man. Anytime. So. All right. So, 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 so tell us what's on your radar today. What, what, what stocks you watching? Any, any options that you're in? What, what should we be paying attention to? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got a really nice watch list for you guys. I'm going to actually share my screen. All right, there we go. So Bring that way, in your own charts. BYOC. BYOC. Bring your own charts. <laughs> me, I had Upstart up because, you know, he got me. Th he, he actually told me a lot. Can you see my screen? Yep, I got it. Okay. Can you hit the little hide thing at the bottom? I have like OCD. Oh, not not no, you're real good. OCD, but it just bugs me. But you're totally going. good. Kind of going picky. I'm gonna piggyback of what Jonah was saying. Um, you know, I saw a lot of a lot of call option uh, volume coming in uh, this past week and the week before on Upstart. And so when he was talking about <laughs> could that, have been he, just Jonah loading in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it could have been either way. It popped up on my radar, and this thing has been moving. He's so right about this stock. I've been actually, I have not, fun fact, I have not gone long on this stock at all. I've actually been shorting call verticals at the tops here. 
uh, and been making a good amount of money. But he got me thinking about actually buying the stock after talking. And so he, if he wanted to pump up the stock, he definitely did that with me. So <laughs> we got air horns this Friday. <laughs> it is Friday. And I'm very, very excited for AI. This is the stock that I've been looking at um, this whole week. Um, and so, you know, this stock IPO back in December of 2020. And I'm a pure technical uh, analysis type trader. I don't do a lot of fundamental uh, unless I'm buying shares. That's really the only purpose that I go into it. Uh, you know, props to anyone else that the way they trade, but the way I look at it is I've got levels and I've got spreads and I've got option flow. So one of the big things that I really like about AI is that it's, you know, come back up from sub 60s and it's held this level super, super well, where I do think within the next like month or two, we're going to have a nice pop up above 70. So and these was, are daily candles you have up, right? This is the hourly. I'm sorry. I didn't specify. Yep. This is the this is the hourly on AI. And so um, I started getting, um, you know, through our bot provider in our discord. Uh, we have a, a bot called repeated flow. Um, and what it's by Tradedix. And they basically what they do is they take all the repeated option flow instead of just seeing like, OK, someone bought a big lot of this. They look at separate orders that are being bought on, on a specific strike. And so the 65, uh, 65 to 70 strikes have been bought these past couple of weeks for for a month out. And so, you know, this anytime I look at a stock, I'm really going back to the Nasdaq or I'm looking at SPY. And so AI obviously is going to be in the Nasdaq. So if I look at Qs, this is the hourly on Qs. Um, you know, we're at all time highs. We just hit all time highs a couple of days ago. We hit all time highs again yesterday. Today we're a little red. Um, but if there is a bull case here, AI is primed and ready to go. So that way you can make yourself a nice debit spread. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of buying the 65 strike and selling the 70 to make it a call vertical call debit spread. Um, for August 20th. Now they're only going for about $1.60, $1.70 right now. So you'd be able to cash out 320, 300 bucks, uh, depending on uh, depending on what you get filled at. And so this is a stock that I really, really like. You know, I had really big hopes. Hey, will you take us through, through the through the legs of the options trade? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so, so you're the way bullish I, on the stock. We established that, on the stock. right? So yep, now, yep, yep. yeah, walk, walk us through how we get in, how you're getting into the position. Yeah. So basically what I would be doing is let's say, you know, let's say I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to walk you through the whole thing of how, how I think through these things. So let's say I'm bullish on AI, right? So obviously I'm going to be looking at calls. I could be selling a put, you know, I could be selling put premium, but on this one, I do think uh, calls are the way to go. So if I were to buy the 65 strike call, which probably goes for, you know, the August 20th, 65 strike calls probably go for, you know, five, six, 700 bucks. Um, and let's say I just don't want to pay that much premium, right? So I tell myself, okay, well, how about, you know, I could sell the 68 call strike against it, or I can sell the 70 strike um, against it as well. Well, if I go back to the way that the stock has moved in the past couple uh, months, it's popped over 70, 73, 75. And it's also came from this big level of, yeah. of 90 back in the day. So this isn't like one that you would be wanting to, you know, you wouldn't want the stock to, I'm not expecting the stock to go up and stay up. I'm expecting the stock to go up and that's where you would cash out the debit spread. You get about 80, 80%, 120% out of the 170 bucks. If you're able to get out another 200 or 150 bucks, that's a successful trade. hundred yeah, percent. I don't, Nobody, nobody would complain about that. <laughs> we, we wanted, you know, Jim. We, we wanted you to give us the ten thousand percent trades. You know, we're buying yeah. calls for a penny, and you know, whatever. 
but but yeah. 100 we'll take 100 percent too yeah absolutely absolutely you know i think you know going back to percentage i think i've only hit one play where i actually hit a thousand percent and that was tesla when it was on its first uh, bullish run that's and amazing I don't have a lot of those anymore. <laughs> See, I, I already had what's going to be the best trade of my life, and it like sort of depressing. I, I had a stock. It, it went from it was I got in as fifty ish cents, maybe fifty two cents, and okay. sold in the high twenties. I think twenty eight is where I got out. Oh nice! And so I just I just will never have a trade like that again in my life. I'm like shit. I peaked. I'm yeah. Done. <laughs> What's this is point? it. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Yes. So. Oh man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, Hey, you know what? Um, you know, every now and then I hope that, uh, I'm able to come up with a good trade. You know, it, it's funny now that I've become a high, more high volume trader that, you know, 30, 40, 50%. I mean, those are good trades. Are you know what I mean? Trades. Those are, those great, are great, trades. great trades. I mean, especially if I don't scalp and I don't do much day trading, I'm strictly basically spreads. Um, and swing trading. So I'm typically looking at spreads that are, you know, three to six weeks out and, you know, the strike difference between the legs are, you know, two to, to $5. So, you know, sometimes you're paying a hundred, two hundred dollars to make, you know, another hundred or another $200. So. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And, and how often are you trading when you're saying you're, you're trading actively? How, how active are you? Um, so let's see, this week was a little quiet, um, just because I was short on a couple of tech stocks that I was not expecting the NASDAQ to keep going the way it did yesterday. Um, and so I'm going to pull up cues. I actively right now, I'm down on a position that I have, which is, um, the 345, 346 call vertical spread that's actually expiring next Friday. Um, I decided to hold on to that spread just because, if I zoom back out at Q's, this is the NASDAQ uh, zoomed out uh, on the hourly. And as you can see, you know, sometimes when they, when the NASDAQ reaches these new, new highs, it does come down with vengeance, with a little bit of volatility. And so I think today what we're seeing from yesterday is, you know, it, it's kind of yesterday I was really looking at the bank uh, stress tests. You know, I was looking at Wells Fargo, I was looking at Citigroup and After Hours and seeing what the results were on CNBC. And I was like, man, what, you know, I'm looking at the NASDAQ. I'm like, man, everything's popping. Everything's kind of coming down, uh, back down again today. So I feel still pretty good about this call vertical that I sold. You know, it's going to be one of those that I'm looking for 100%, you know, 100% premium to collect. Uh, the and stock, how long do you have on it? I have until next Friday. Yeah. So this okay. is a July 2nd expiration. Are you mm -hmm. typically going two weeks out, one, two weeks out, or how far out do you typically go? Um, you know, that's a great question. When I'm trading the NASDAQ and SPY, I typically don't go very far out because since the option chain has so much volume and open interest, the the value of the spreads don't change a lot. So sometimes if you get it within a week or so um, and you're, you know, in the money or out of the money for your benefit, um, you're able to cash out, you know, 10, 20, 30% and not have to worry about, oh, I'm only sitting like on two or 5% and the option chain's pumped. So like I'm in the money, but I'm down right now because of the option chain. You know, you don't run into too much of that if you, um, if you, if you only go one or two weeks out. So, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you, so you just take, took us through two trades. We, we talked about <laughs> AI. Uh, we, we talked about the cues. Um, mm -hmm. what, what, what else? Do you have anything else that's on your radar we should look at? Let's oh, have, let's shit. look at the. Oh, come let's on. Look How at, do you rid of the question mark? The question mark oh. is cool. <laughs> Here, hold on. There we go. Boom! We got the question mark back, baby. There let's it is. go. 
<laughs> Let's blow it up. Yeah, now we're moving, all right? <laughs> so um, right now, I actually actively have a, an alert on IWM um, at 233-ish, you know, 233.50, Um, I plan on selling a call vertical spread up there for probably, you know, a dollar or two strike uh, difference. The Russell 2000 is probably my favorite indice to trade, period. I love the NASDAQ. I love the SPY. I love the Dow Jones. The Dow Jones, there's a lot of stocks that you can really capitalize instead of just using the DIA. Um, but the Russell 2000, I mean, if you go way, way back, I'm going to put this to the side right now, and then I'm going to change this to the daily. This is the Everybody daily. Everybody sleeps on the Russell 2000. Oh, I'm my gosh. How much it's, of my portfolio is in the Russell 2000? It's a lot. I mean, look at this. This is crazy. It, at the bottom of COVID, it was at $95. And now we're reaching the new highs of 233. Dude, like, I, I was so long at the bottom. By by April, May maybe, I, mean, uh -huh. I, was so, I had so, on so much margin. They kept reducing yeah. my margin too. I'm like, fuck. I, mean, I like, might have to sell this before before I can get out. Right. Yeah, I, own, I still own a shit ton of IWM. Yeah. I was grabbing oh, that's that good. and Spy. I'm like, wait, what? Whatever you can give me, boom, load it, load it, load yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the Russell 2000 has been, you know, uh, there's a couple of traders in our Discord. Uh, shout out to Akno. He he loves trading indices all the time. And um, IWM is one that he's going to start trading more often lately. And, you know, this was one like, I don't know how many times where I was just swinging call spreads or selling put spread premium and just collecting just because the Russell has been such a monster. I mean, you know, thinking back to some of my traditional ways of uh, looking at a stock, technically when I look at this stock, well, hold on a second, let me move this here. This advance that it had from right here to, let me see if I can zoom this back in. Oops, I think I moved it too far. You know, one of the biggest rules that I look at is when a stock is at a 45 degree angle, um, which right here we can see that it's at a 51 degree angle. If it's higher than 45 degrees, I'm looking to short. The Russell was one of those that we got so much volume at the end of 2000 that or 2020 that I was like, this thing is going to keep going. This thing is going to keep going. Why? It's because all of the small cap, small cap stocks, right? Because, you know, GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, Nokia, all of those small cap stocks were uh, pumping up during, you know, between November and February. And so run it, the Russell, baby, run it. it's been just running, man. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, after I was uh, going long on this for such a long time, um, we're now seeing it in a very nice um, consolidation phase, which has been perfect for selling call spreads. So if I look at the hourly here, I'm going back to the hourly, look how it just goes, it just bouncing, bounces and bounces and bounces. That's all it's doing. And so when it hit 234 here, when it hit 230 here, when it hit 233 up here, what was I doing? I was selling call vertical spreads for 100, 200, for a one-to-one -one or two-to-one payout um, and just waiting for the stock to come down. Um, just recently in the Discord, I was sharing, I was like, you know what, I'm going to sell a hefty IWM position. I sold probably four or five uh, call verticals where I was selling the 233 call and then I was buying the 234. And all I needed the stock to do was to just come down a bit so that way I can uh, collect the premium uh, cheaper, right? 
you know, a lot of people say, you know, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, why didn't you just buy a put? It's like, well, you know, it's really, if somebody, somebody, you know, you can try to sell me to buy calls and puts, but it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am, I am all about spreads. It's always about spreads for me. The, how, the- how did you learn about spreads? Like, like, like a lot of people spreads? I know like to buy single legged options, myself mm-hmm. included. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I sell a shit ton of options. I mean, I make a yeah. ton of monthly income just selling options. Yep. Uh, but, but, but spreads like, 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 where did you learn? how did you get started? I think the only way you can learn stuff in the market is, is just by actually doing it and getting your ass kicked on a few trades and then you figure out the, how the mechanics work. But, but what was your journey? Yeah. So, um, it was kind of quick. So kind of a little backstory. I'm 28 years old right now. Nice. And yeah, so I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm now married. I work from home and, you know, I get to look at screens all day, so I can't really complain. Um, and when I started trading when I was about 19 or 20, obviously just like anybody else's story, you know, um, you know, trading penny stocks, looking at small cap, you know, dollar two shares. And then um, I got think or swim and, you know, looking at option chains. And after a couple of trades, I was noticing, I was like, why is it that every time I buy a call, I am down. And literally all I did at the time was I just Googled, why am I always down when I'm buying stuff? And I think one of the articles I looked at, it's, and it was like, it's because you're buying. And I, that, that right there just blew my mind. So after that, I was like, okay, there are people that are selling me things, right? Okay, well, hmm, I want to sell stuff too. If, I, if that means I'm going to make more money in the long run, right? And so uh, after that happened, uh, you know, I was, I was doing spreads, learned how to do iron condors, learned how to, I actually have a couple setups right here for you um, it, on, 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 uh, on, actually, let's go, let's go to Jenny. This is a stock that I really, really like. Um, but, wait, well, but, what is this coming? I don't know what this is. So this is going to be. I know a lot of um, stocks. I don't, I've never heard of this. So I actually let's see. So it's Genius Sports Limited. So okay. again, I'm I'm huge on just looking at the tickers. I don't look at a lot of fundamental okay, uh, right. analysis, right? So when I'm looking at this stock, let me put away my TA for a second. But if you look at this stock, this is a stock that you can make money on. Why? Because it's moving up and down so much, right? We've gone from you know 14 to 23 to 15, to 22, to 16, to 25. All I'm hearing is I can sell, put premium spreads down here, right? And I can sell calls premiums, up, uh, call premium uh, spreads up here and make a little bit of money. Um, so the play that I currently have on GENI is actually neither uh, vertical spreads uh, on put or calls. I actually have an iron condor uh, on GENI. So the way I'm thinking and what, the way I'm thinking of it, I don't have any volume bars on my uh, on the shoulder of my screen, but if I did, this would definitely this area right here would definitely have the most volume. If not, maybe somewhere more in the middle where where it started over here. So the way I was thinking through this play was, you know, I was looking at our option flow and I saw that the twenty, the twenty five calls were being uh, traded heavily on, and you know, I was looking at the stock and I was like, you know. It's had nice pullbacks from, you know, 16. It's had nice pullbacks from 17. And, you know, very, very traditional trading. We've got a higher low, so I'm bullish on the stock. Once it bounced, once it bounced on this uh, 1750 level, I shorted an iron condor. So what that means is that, so just like, just like the put and call vertical spreads, you know, if you're up here and you're selling a call vertical, and you're down so now you're speculating on the price of iron, it sounds like. So- <laughs> yeah. I wanted to see how long you were confused for. 
I don't know any good uh, iron mining stocks for you. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so, so basically what it is, is that, you know, we were just talking about selling call vertical spreads up top. Right. And then I was also, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, selling put spreads, which is basically the same thing, um, down here. So I would be selling the 20, um, selling the 20 put and buying the 1750 put. And at the same time, I would be, uh, selling the 2250 call and buying the 25 call. So what that basically does is it's going to be holding a collateral of 50 and I collect a premium of 200 because the strike difference between 20 and 2250 is $250 premium minus what I have to put up as collateral, which is the 50 bucks. If this stock is going to be between 20 and 2250 by expiration on July, or no, excuse me, on August 20th, I am going to collect a premium of $250 minus, minus the collateral. So I'd be, you know, profit would be two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, I dig it. And, and and Jim, you're bringing the energy today. It's a yeah. Friday. You're lighting us all up. I love it. I, I hope you can come back regularly. Let's go. Let's fire it up, baby. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. There we go. One get more. Get that episode. horn going. Let's get that horn going. Let's go, baby. Boom. All right. So so money. how do folks stay in touch? How how do folks stay in touch with you? Um, so this is our website right here. Option goats trading. Gotta love the OG, right? We're not or- that OG. OG. We're not original gangsters. I guess you could call us original gangsters if you want to be, but we are option goats trading. Producer um, if you- AB was talking about something like OG Kush. I don't know what that is, but that's yep. what going to get right now. So. Uh, so yeah, option goats trading right here. If you hit this link down here, it would take you to our discord. So this is the Discord um, platform that we use. Here's our banner, Option Goats Trading, and then we do have our Prime Chat down here. So this is where our OG Prime members um, can talk about plays. Um, our mods share their plays, you know, day trades, swings, what they're doing with their own trading, long-term ideas, uh, any kind of long-term stocks that I hold. And then we do have some labeled traders. Shout out to Faded right now. He's actually a little bit off time, um, but shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to Faded. He's probably one of the he's probably one of the best traders I have ever met in my whole entire life. No joke. Um, and Warren Buffett, he's also a high volume trader. And honestly, you know, we we had this chat room and we just wanted to have fun. And um, now we're a group of five thousand. And you know, one of the biggest things that we want to make sure is that member experience is number one. If you come into the chat and you've got you know ideas and you want to talk about them with a mod, with a trader, maybe with another member. You know, the, the number one thing with us is the experience. So that's us. Hell yeah. Boom. One more air horn for that guy. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There we go. Go check it out. Uh, I, I, I'm dropping my Twitter in the chat too. Throw me a follow. Go, go stay in touch with Jim and we'll just keep it coming. We'll keep the ideas going and we will be back at it next Monday. Stay on the YouTube though, guys. We're about to kick it over to get technical. You know, producer AB's on that one. He's got his, you know, DMT we talked about in his OG Kush, so he, he might be a little bit funky today. But all right, Jim, thanks thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All righty. Peace, peace. Happy trading, everybody. Let's get after it.